Welcome to the Realities of College Recruiting Podcast, where our team of former college coaches, players, and MLB scouts tackle the most critical college recruiting topics. With guests including college coaches, MLB pro scouts, and industry insiders, we will empower you with the tips and strategies needed to gain an advantage in your college recruiting process. The Sports Force Podcast is powered by our partner, Five Tool Baseball. Okay, let's start the show. All right, thanks for joining us. We've got Coach Travis Jewett with Tulane here. And um, Coach Jay, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing awesome, man. You? Oh, you know, like I said, living the dream out here. So uh, it's all good. I was, like I said, when we jumped on, I was like, bed. what's that? I'm glad to see you up and out of bed this early. I know, right? <laughs> Yeah. Working, working the midnight oil, burning the midnight oil sometimes. Um, but, um, you know, we haven't been face-to-face since ABCA. And, uh, man, you're, you're lean and mean, dude. You're a fighting machine right now. So tell us what, uh, what you've been doing because uh, you got the look, you got the do, you've dropped some LBs. What, what's <laughs> cracking? So give us an update. Grabbed, grabbed a beard. Yeah, double-barreled gray down, yeah. you know? That's uh... – First off, thanks for having me, man. It's great to see you as always. Uh, you know how I feel about you, uh, the respect I have for you. Um, so thank you. This is an honor. And thanks for saying that about my, you know, new look. Uh, you know, when this pandemic kind of hit, I would tell you the first couple years at Tulane, uh, excuse, yeah, probably if you just bear it down, but you know, face down, trying to get it going, become a head coach, figure it out, hows, whys, tuition here, financial aid, not here, players, recruiting, uh, you catch my drift, right? And then just the, the chase of wanting to be great, man, you know? And so it's like, it's face down and probably a lot of attention uh, to the program, which is necessary for sure. Um, and maybe not as much to myself. Um, so, uh, you know, not the smallest guy in the world, but, uh, <laughs> pandemic hit, I bought a Peloton. And yeah. so, uh, talk about one of the coolest inventions of all time. I mean, I'm just in love with this thing now. I'm crushing it. Uh, you know, I think just because of it, I'm probably eating a little less, probably being a little bit more cognitive of what I am eating. Um, and drinking and uh you know just uh feeling good about myself you know i've i've, I've kind of found a way to shed about 40 so uh yeah. i guess the bad thing is i had 40 to shed i probably got a few more to go but uh on a good path i love how it makes me feel um you know the spirit the energy just the kind of mojo um it, it's awesome so thank you for saying that and uh now, I think, like my wife said, the hard, the easy part is probably doing what I've done. The hard part will be keep it off. Well, it's the new lifestyle, man. You got That's it. Right. That's yeah. right. That's right. I get on that bike every morning. Like this morning, I did a Alex Toussaint 45-minute club bangers ride. It was awesome. <laughs> this guy gets me used up. And I was like, me against you, Alex, this morning, man. Who's going to win, me or you? You know, so – that's kind of why I look at it, and it's a great way to start the day. So, thanks for uh, yeah. thanks for saying. That's awesome. Well, you know, you've coached for a lot of uh, different characters, you know, in in your journey. 
um, you know, five division one um, stops along the way before you got to, uh, got to Tulane. I want you to kind of, uh, you know, share a little bit. Um, first, I guess, is there any one person, non-baseball or baseball, who's been the biggest mentor, hero, kind of role model for you um, throughout your career, whether they're living or, or past? Yeah, you know, I certainly have a few, um, you know, and I think most of them do probably uh, move to the baseball field, you know, uh, that way. I think my first guy would be Coach Farrington, Steve Farrington. Um, you know, I was from Tacoma. I went to a junior college outside of the city. Uh, coach Farrington ended up being the head coach at Washington State in the Pac-10 very successful junior college program. Uh, I didn't even get a chance to commit to him. I grew up in a single mother home. You know, uh, my mother is, uh, yeah, she's, she's outstanding. Uh, she deserves a lot of credit, but she takes me down to this opportunity down at Lower Columbia with Coach Farrington. And <laughs> here I am just a single mom, only child, you know, certainly not uh, a baby by uh, a brat by any stretch of imagination, but probably, you know, unseasoned. And uh, Coach Farrington looked at my mom and told her how much he was going to kick my rear end around and, you know, toughen me up and do all this and grow me up and make me a better player and move me on and get away from home and also like that. And my mom said, yeah, he's coming to school here. <laughs> so uh, I, I think that, you know, he was the first guy that kind of instilled kind of that, like, this is what's going to take. You got to be tough. You got to get out of your comfort zone. Mm. Uh, he pushed us around pretty good. You know, we harvested Christmas trees. We set up smokers, uh, you know, which for those out there don't know, that's a little bit of this, uh, you know, and it was a very tough, competitive uh thing you know it was all about weightlifting and being tough and strong and you know so that really kind of um was something new to me um that way in my young life and it stuck to my ribs quite a bit you know just kind of moving forward so I owe him a lot uh when it comes to that kind of uh thing that maybe I was able to take from there um and then you know moving on obviously Coach Mactoff at Gonzaga gave me my first uh, Division One job. You know, I know Stanford recruited you too. He actually played there at Stanford. He's a football baseball guy back in the late 80s. He was on the 87 national championship team. Um, but just his view of hitting, uh, his simplicity, uh, what, he, what I learned from him, uh, man. I still talk to him a lot, you know, just because it, that's the feeling that I have. I still do a lot of the same things that I learned from him, which I think is what good coaches do, right? Yeah, yes. it's a recipe, and it's salt, and it's pepper, and it's no salt, no pepper. You know, I like it. I don't. Uh, um, you know, and I think we owe that to the kids that we're coaching to make sure that we're, you know, sharing and grabbing the things that we believe in. Uh, and and pass them on you know that's that's coaching so I learned a lot from him um that awesome. way um yep. it was awesome uh, to be a part of that that was my first division one job so 
got off to a good start and lucky, you know, which I have been throughout my entire career. Um, and he actually, Andrew, hooked me up with Coach Corbin. And um, he was Corbs's hitting coach on that 2004, I believe, USA team that I think still has the best record ever in the history of USA baseball. Okay. Um, awesome. Mac was the hitting coach on that team. And so, you know, I'd kind of known Corbs and some of those guys when I was at, in the junior college ranks, they would recruit some of our guys when they were at Clemson. We actually ended up having a handful of guys that went out there, but that kind of even spurred it up a little bit more, um, you know, and I think that's probably my connection with Mac and Mac to Corbs, Corbs through me probably ended up, you know, eventually landing me at a, a special place like Vandy, which takes me to Corbs, you know, uh, for all of you guys out there, that are listening that don't know. I'm <laughs> sure you probably do. He is, he's the man <laughs> you know I say that with great respect and honor the fact that I could share uh, some space with him for you know uh, four years um, boy you talk about leader manager of people baseball aficionado uh, lets his coaches work uh, relationship builder mm, uh, yeah if if we could all I won't say all if I could only be half the person leader, you know, that he is, uh, I'd be doing okay for myself. So a little bit long winded in there, you know, there's a, those, those three guys would kind of come to mind and, uh, I think about them often, you know, and when that is happening, I think that's always a good thing, right? You're thinking like, man, I still think about these guys and what they meant to me and what they would do. And mm, that that's pretty cool. I, I guess I would say to you that, I hope my players do that when they think about me, you know, someday. So um, anyways, I've been blessed, moved around quite a bit, but I think that's just part of the journey and uh, the people that I've been able to come in contact with have certainly helped me to be where I'm at today. Absolutely. Yeah, Corbin was part of that Clemson staff. Um, so, you know, back in the day, area codes was like the event when I was coming up and that was, there wasn't the showcase mania and the camps and whatnot, uh, the way there is. Um, so yeah, Corbin was actually the, the recruiter who was, uh, who I was talking to. Um, I didn't really give Clemson much of a, much of a, you know, of a shot cause it was just far away and family and, you know, a few other things that, that were going on. But, um, so that was the earliest memory that I have with, uh, with coach Corbin uh, as well. And he was dynamic on the phone too. He got, I remember he, he got you fired up. So, um, he's pretty good at that. I'll tell you. Oh yeah. I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, you have two boys, um, who one just, you know, graduated college. Um, and then your younger one is at Columbia. I mean, is at Tulane right now? Um, so what does it mean? you know, to have young men that have, that are in this age of being still very formative, the male brain doesn't fully form until 26 years old. And some people would argue the male brain never fully forms. I was going <laughs> to say I'm 50. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm just curious, um, how have raising two young men 
impacted actually how you coach, you know, young men, um, you know, at Tulane and just what, what you try to bring to the table and, and influence in their lives? Well, thank you for mentioning, you know, my boys, Tanner and Tommy, you know, uh, I'll try not to cry on the podcast here, but uh, that's the feelings that I have towards them and their mother, uh, who my wife, Tracy, MVP, 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 yeah. you know, it's just, uh, she, she's, she's the queen and uh, very loving mother, great wife. Um, so it's been good to have that kind of foundation at home for sure mm -hmm. for the boys. Um, you know, I mentioned to you early, maybe off the record, I grew up uh, in a single mother home. So females are, uh, to me, you know, I hold them in high regard. We do in our program, my sons do uh, for sure. So that's important, but it's just been great. You know, Tanner and Tommy have grown up, uh, in the bunkers, you know, in the dugouts across in some really good programs with some really good um, uh, players and people and characters, you know, it, it's been awesome. I think it's given them the opportunity to kind of see what it's like to be a college athlete, uh, a part of something bigger than yourself, the time mm -hmm. constraints, the winning, the losing, the just be a lot of things, you know, and I think it's been a value to who they have become today. The relationships that they still talk to the kids from Arizona State on the phone and the text, uh, Corbs to, you know, Dansby Swanson, you know, comes to the house or they're texting him or Marrero's and just, you know, it's, it's really cool, right? You're thinking like, yeah. I didn't even know that they were developing kind of these relationships with these guys as much as they are showing even still holding on. So I think there's a lot of things that they've learned. Um, mm. And it's been good. I think they've seen me in some lights too, that maybe they wouldn't see the competitive side of me, the fiery side of me, things that are necessary to be successful, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, trying to get your education or get a job or, you know, competing yeah. in the real world. Right. It, it, that's pretty cool. Um, and they've had a lot of fun poking at me about, you know, things I've done, you know, in a dugout and things like that. So it's been good. I will tell you too, you know, you made reference, like um, I've had a few stops, you know, and I think each one has kind of been uh, on an upward scale, I would think. Um, so we've led a little bit of a, and I say this uh, cautiously because of my uh, feelings towards the military, but a militaristic life in terms of, in yeah. terms of the relocating, right? I mean, you talk to military families and that, that is one thing that kind of comes with it. You know, hey, I've lived in X and Y and Z and A and B and C. So, you know, we've done our fair share of picking up and moving. And I think as tough as it is on me sometimes as a dad to go like, geez, what a good dad. Like, geez, here we go, moving the kids again. Yeah. I do think it's it's made them a little bit thicker, you know, yeah. a little bit more resilient maybe, a little bit more on your feet, gloves up, you know, adaptable. Yeah. What do they say? Hostile, mobile, agile, right? And hopefully – yeah. 
and I don't know if I'm trying to talk myself into it, but I'm just hoping <laughs> that when their male brain does finally mature, that maybe yes. some of these things that I've put them through that they've handled well uh, yep. will be uh, of benefit for them, not only for themselves, but them as future husbands and fathers and those types of things. So I, I, I think it's been really good, Andrew. I, I hope that they can see um, the love that I have for them. Uh, you know, I do try to share that with our players too. Uh, I do because as Corbs once taught me, you know, we're kind of like the stepfather of somebody mm. else's children, but we, we love these guys, man, you know, and uh, being around. And so, you know, I think they see both sides of that for me that I can be tough and loving with these guys, just like I kind of am with them. So uh, what a great experience, you know, um, Tanner, my oldest son is actually going to be kind of our voluntary equipment manager here for the rest of the year, just because, you know, he's trying to find a job that's not really out there right now. So yeah, to speak, yeah. tough time. So it'd be good just to have him around. And my other son, Tommy, as you mentioned, goes to Tulane. So he's around, uh, he actually lives with three of the other players on the team. So, um, it's been it's been good, but I'm a proud father. I, I hope that's coming across loud Absolutely. and clear. Um, but uh, they got they got bright futures ahead of them. And again, a lot of it has to do with my wife. So um, I'm just trying to not mess it up. Yeah, no, no <laughs> doubt. Um, yeah, the the spouse, the the coaches' wives. I know ABCA does that coaches' wives, you know, breakfast or luncheon or something. I think it is. Um, so. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel for you um, and Tracy being able to uh, just, you know, just be part of that journey, you know, being adaptable and, uh, and adjusting as well. Now, when you think about, you know, you're recruiting a young man from California, Texas, uh, New York, you guys recruit nationally. Uh, a lot of people might not understand. Um, there aren't that many division one schools that truly recruit nationally anymore. Or, or just in general, right? Um, yeah. I think you guys, why don't you paint a picture on um, why you you feel you have to kind of recruit nationally to get the right type of player in, student athlete in. Um, and then also that, you know, you're not opposed to the junior college route either. You, you try to, you know, find the right fit. And, and then uh, if you can share kind of like how that, how you've established, I guess, the culture at Tulane. Um, so what makes kind of that, uh, you know, that fit for you guys, in your opinion? Yeah, great question. You know, I, I think the one thing that, like, leaving a school like Vandy was, like, finding a school like Vandy, if mm. that makes sense. And when I looked at that and I looked at Tulane, I, I saw some mirroring qualities, um, destination cities, world-class educations, you know, uh, weather, facilities, you know, the things that, you know, I think you need to um, try to attract quality players into your program. And I think the first thing on that deal in no particular order, but I would say this one is, would be at the top is the education. And when you have an elite education, um, the older I've become, 
and I am a baseball coach, but I'm kind of a life coach too. You know what I mean? And so I take that more to heart every day. Um, and so being able to sit across from families and say like, look, at, we got this world-class education. I think that in itself, people will come near and far for it. Okay. And, uh, you know, just like anything, if you see something you like educationally, you, you, you'd be willing to go. And then if you can add the baseball component into it, now you're talking about an elite, wholesome experience that we have to offer. Um, so it, it's pretty cool that way. So we're, we're proud of that combination. And, um, you know, the average student, Andrew, is like 900 miles from here. Mm. And so... It, it I like that in the in the sharing with people that, um, you know, it's I think it 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 um, one getting education from Tulane says a lot in itself. The fact that you were on a baseball team and you could manage your time and do all those things and still obtain this type of life certificate, and now you you start talking about networking. And I think Tulane lays a huge netting across the entire United States. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. You'd be surprised how many people from California are in this school. You know, we get them from all over the place. So now all of a sudden here I am uh, a uh, graduate of Tulane and 900 miles is the average distance. And you start talking about creating a pretty nice webbing or networking that uh, encompasses the entire United States. So, um, it's good. So we'll go, we'll go wherever it doesn't matter. I asked the coaches and, and our coaches are great. Um, don't, don't restrict yourself. We have something special here, you know, go find yeah. them and they'll come. Um, I think right now, 16, 17 different States on our roster. Mm. We've got kids from Washington state. Hey, we got them from, California. We've got them from the upper Northeast. We've got Louisiana. We've got Midwest, Michigan, um, Indiana. We have Georgia. We've got Florida. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, so it, it makes for a pretty cool locker room. You know what I mean? Where it's totally. not like you said, baseball can be a little bit, um, you know, close, yeah. I guess, or, you know, what's the word? Um, nearby because of just the 11 seven, right? It's just like, if I'm a state sure. school and you know, my money's going to stretch further by having in-state kids, I get it, you know, especially yep. if they're good enough, you know? So you're going to have a lot of more common uh, states like from those state schools than we are. So I think it's cool for our culture and things like that, that you've, you've made mention. So um, yeah. And then, you know, we've got to, when we talk about going anywhere, um, there's some, pools that are saltwater pools, there's chlorine pools, there's lakes, there's ponds, there's all this stuff like that. And I tell our coaches, we just got to swim in the right, in the right swimming areas, you know, yeah. um, if they're really good and they're not very good in school and they can't afford this expensive experience, that's the wrong pool to swim in. So we can't use some of the things like need good grades and got to have some money to come here as a hindrance. No, we just got to swim in the right areas. You know what I mean? Don't mm -hmm. waste our time um, with people that even how much we may or may want them here. If it's not going to be a fit, then we got to move to the next pool. So um, I think it actually helps to be honest with you. 
So I'm kind of a glass half full guy, as you can tell. So I don't waste my energies going like, oh, this is too hard. It's too expensive and this and that and the other. It's like, no, let's just, because there's a nice, there's a pocket out there for us. And we're starting to show that, you know, our recruiting has really picked up uh, over the last couple of years as we've started to get our monies in the right place. And we're doing everything, as you said, junior college to high school. Um, it doesn't matter. And I'm just proud to be able to say like, no, we're going to, I think we can help these guys become best versions of themselves. I think we can help them get to the big leagues, which is part of the recruit questionnaire. Do you want to play in the major leagues? You know, because yes. I yep. want guys that want to play in the major leagues. I don't want Tulane to be the place that says, Oh, I'm going to go there and get this great education and play some club baseball. Sure. No, no, we're going, we're going to win this thing while we're here, develop, try to get to the big leagues. And while we're doing that, we are kicking butt in class too. And we're obtaining yep. this life certificate. Okay. So we can do both, but we're not just here to play rec ball. Okay. We're here to kick butt and uh, we can do it. So, um, yeah, and junior college kids help, right? Because I think they bring in some experience. I think they bring in some toughness. They know what a peanut butter sandwich is. You know, they know what, you know, a brown ball with some shaggy seams looks like. Good, perfect, good. The, ju the Juco like Bandit. It. The Juco we Bandit. Love it. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm one myself, you know. I played there. I coached it, too. Uh, yep. I love it. And I will tell you, Andrew, um, we – they were like junior college kids in Tulane does it doesn't mix oh it mixes great yeah. um, we've had some really really good success if you go back and look at our roster over the last three years now this past season that was cut short even a little bit the one before and now this current one uh, we've had some really good success and again um, being able to provide this opportunity for them has has been cool so um and I just like the toughness they bring. I yeah. do. I, I just think they've been through some stuff. You know, I talked to recruit yesterday and I had a brown cotton t-shirt on that was soaked to my body. And the, the parent was like, is that a brown t-shirt you're wearing? I go, yeah, it doesn't even have a Nike swoosh on it or anything. And it's not even dry fit. It's like cotton and it's really hot down here. And it's awesome. Sure. And they're like, that's kind of our Spartan versus luxurious, you know, type of approach. And, so we're taking high grades and high costs and all that, those things. And we're, we're bringing it just back to, you know, what does it take to be good? So it, it's been fun. And, uh, you know, it's, it's for a lot of people. It's for more than, you know, maybe some people would think. But we're just proud of the, like I said before, the holistic opportunity. I mean, life certificate, man. Yeah. Yep. You know, the AAC, the American Athletic Conference, is one of the top three, four, mostly, is switched into the fifth-rated RPI baseball conference in the country. Mm. So, yeah, good. no doubt. Well, well, yeah, and you're getting guys that uh, – teams that are coming in there, and you got to – you got to strap it on and uh, and be ready to take down an SEC or an ACC team from time to time as well. And you guys are traveling, you know, getting to some different, um, you know, programs too. So uh, the yeah. benefit of being down south is they can come to you. You guys can practice, train year round. Um, so that that's a huge advantage. 
Um, as an or as a program, do you guys have a few specific? Um, I guess when you say, "Hey, here's the mission, vision, values of of Tulane." Have you defined anything? I know Murph put stuff up on the walls at ASU, palm down, two feet in, uh, you know, from a commitment standpoint. I'm just all nine, you know, one of our behind the what was that 200 club? One of, one of our behind the scenes things was uh, our, our lineup offensively was uh, if you're in the lineup, then you're one of nine effing warriors. And that was, that was the expectation, right? Yeah, that's uh, great. I'm curious, you know, if you can share maybe a little bit about some of the inside of Tulane that you're comfortable with, just from a mission, vision, values, uh, you know, standpoint, uh, you know, what are guys rallying behind, you know, to get your whole, because um, Corbin was one, is a master of, of culture development, right? Without doubt, without yeah. a doubt. So you learned yeah. a lot. I really did, you know, and I think that's been very helpful because, you know, I think I'm decent at the gripping the bat and, you know, the catch, the throw, the run and all that stuff like that. But it's some of those outside things that mean um, quite a bit, you know, maybe yeah. equal, maybe equal. I hate to say <laughs> it to you, but maybe, right. And you got to be good, right. You got to be talented and all of those things, no question, but we have to find some ways to, to separate and and like you're basically saying is what are you hanging your hat on yeah you know what I mean we've um we kind of hang our hat on investment um we've got lunch pails all over the facilities they're not lunch pails but they're like dented rusty things that I hang up on uh hooks and we've got 200 club chips and they've got our logos and um, our guys know what 200 club means. Uh, when we show up, uh, we're, we're investing. That's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. We have this word that we like to use. It's elite. And that's a, that's a strong word. That's not great. That's not good. It's elite. I mean, that's, that's the top end of the bar. And in order to be elite, you've got to invest. Yeah. And that's time and energy in a lot of different ways. The weight room. How about just the clubhouse? You know what I mean? You got to be in there. You got to be present. You got to put that phone down, man. You got to get your eyes up. You got to get engaged with 16 states in your, you know, in yeah. your locker room, building that. Um, you go down to the field for early work, you know. I might be across the way and the guys are jumping over the rail and they're slamming their tokens into the, into the bin. And I'm yelling, I heard that. You know what I mean? Like, and it's early work. I go to the cage yeah. and the bucket's full of chips and you know what I mean? Take it into the weight room, throw it around, give your teacher one, give your prof one, sit right in front of his class and hand him one and go, I'm here. I'm mm. here. I'm ready. I'm going to win what's important now and invest, man, invest. It takes time. So we kind of have a cool hallway. I was going to show you this picture. That's why I leaned out of the screen for a minute, but these are kind of what are we words to live by. Mm. And I talk about championship behavior every day that ends in why. And so we try to create words and we try to use them in our mind because I'm mm. a firm believer that your mind organizes your body. And if this is rolling good, even when it's not, you got to trick it because yeah. then it's going to organize my body. Right. Mm. And that's through 
teeth and smiling and spirit and energy and body language, right? Yep. And yep. so I'm big on it. And we're doing something that we love to do, Bonnie. It's just like, you know what I mean? We're getting a world-class right. education and playing college baseball. Are you kidding me? This is fun. This is fun. It's not a grind. It's not a grind. Take the grind and throw it out. It's not a grind. This is fun. We're around people who we love, doing what we love to do. Let's get after it, man. We yeah. turn the music up. We got more fist bumping, uh, saluting going on. You know what I mean? Our yeah, guys don't yeah. walk past each other without something, a point. Uh, I'm a football coach, right? One, because I'm a big dude. Corbs always said, you're my offensive lineman coach, man. Like, <laughs> you know and I mean? Like, yeah. I pull, I'm at my desk right now. I pull out, it's like, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've got music's going. I just love spirit. I love energy. Yeah. I love the guys getting after it. Do we coach hard? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Mm. Do we have fun? Can we have fun being coached hard and hustling and moving and shaking? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, into that big time, you know, we've got our stairway to heaven, we call it, which goes up and down from our clubhouse to the field with all of these words and logos and stuff mm. like that. And I asked the kids to, to try to pick out a word a day, you know, um, we're thinking about writing it on our brown and white t-shirts even, um, that we walking around in, um, that cost us like five bucks for all of those. Um, <laughs> and just like live it, man, you know, behave it. And so going down, it's a little bit Notre Dame football-ish. Mm. Do we have a thing on the thing that asks our guys or tells them, reminds them to, play a certain way today and then when it comes back up the hall it asks them with the convex mirror did you mm. Mm. so it says do it and then did you do yeah. it and then did you do it and then did you and so we've got chips going we've got uh, and we're just constantly trying to use words and phrases and affirmations and behavioral like things that make us a certain way and then when individually we're doing that and then all of a sudden it gets to be collectively doing that we're all about what's um whatever it takes team first mentality you start seeing a lot of things go your way you got yeah. guys coaching each other rooting for each other whether i'm playing or not um you know we try to spike the plate when we score runs uh, we actually practice vacating the dugout for big moments, plays, mm -hmm. the umpires. I hope there's none listening today. They say, Travis, Travis, you've got to keep your guys back. And then I yell at them and the guys know that I'm just yelling at them because they, now they know it's just yeah, 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 our yeah. way, you know, <laughs> it's that spirit, it's that energy, it's that, I'm into other successes. Um, and I'll tell you what, it's been a lot of fun, you know, yeah. and I learned a lot of that. You know, I learned some of that from Murph. Yeah, I really did. And I, I didn't mention him not because I didn't want to. It's just, I almost feel like I got shortchanged a little bit, right? Because mm -hmm. when I got there it was kind of when some of that things happened. And yep. so I didn't, get to spend as much time with him as I probably would have liked. Um, but I learned a lot from him too, you know, and yeah. uh, 
remember like uh, energy circle? I don't yes. know if that was going on, if you, but you would probably know what that is. Oh, I thought that was the coolest thing ever. I heard um, about it. We didn't, we didn't do it when I was there, but I heard about it. Oh my, oh my. Uh, special, powerful. I take that with me still. We don't do that exact thing, but the energy of it, I try to resemble every day in our program, you know, uh, yeah. his passion, you know, a lot of those things like that. So, um, it's, yeah, we just try to establish a way, you know what I mean? And so when we're out recruiting, and I know I'm a little off tangent, I was getting kind of passionate about that, but like, no, good. we're just looking for guys that can fit in there. You know, we can say yeah. things like Tulane, it's like, it's got to be able to play. You got to be able to play. Got to be able to pass. That's the, you know, the school part. You got to be able to pay some, you know? Yep. And then he's got to have some passion. He does. He can't, I, I don't want to be around non-personalities. Uh, they're going to have to eventually shake because if you're not here, it just becomes, you become a little bit different. So it is fun to see some of the kids that maybe are less that have become more just because of being in the environment and stuff like that. So um, I'm looking for tough kids that want to get a great education, that want to play in the big leagues, but they want to like cut it up and let it go, you know, yeah. and, and uh, enjoy well, what they're doing and have fun doing it. And we just try to establish some standards and some, some ways and some hows, and then we just try to replicate that championship behavior every single day. Yeah. The more we do it and the more we talk it and the more we act it, then it's just who we become. And then the you're a good team and I'm a good team. And now I think my way has a chance to take the scoreboard as I learned from Corbs and yep. tip it towards our dugout, you know, because of just the nuanceful intricacies of this the team sport yeah well you got a unified force that's uh that's aligned mentally physically spiritually emotionally uh to back each other you know band of brothers style everybody's in it all for one one for all um i mean this is the magic that uh that creates you know championship caliber cultures and then then it's the be do have model. If you're being it, you're doing it, you're going to get it, you're going to have it. And, you know, to whatever degree that ends up happening, it, it's just, it's on its way. And man, you've, uh, you've been building something special there. I think, uh, you know, the first year you came in and you got, all right, we got more money in outfield scholarships than we got in pitching scholarship money. It's like, <laughs> all right, I didn't know this coming in. Uh, you, you don't get to ask all those questions. You don't always know what you're stepping into. Um, so and you know what? Probably at, at that point when they offered me the job here, I was, even if I would have, I would have probably said like, oh, I can figure that out fast. And, you know. <laughs> <laughs> not but, that easy yeah no not that easy it takes time especially at a private school when you know you got it takes some moving and shaking right to get guys in and then especially junior college kids because you know they don't all their credits don't transfer and so we got to be ahead of the game that way we got to get a little bit of an early start in recruiting yep. them so we can get them in the right classes taking the right things that transfer in and then you know it's a challenge so i, I feel pretty good you know in terms of yep. like i would like to be undefeated from the first game to today, but we know it's not baseball one. And, and sometimes it doesn't always work out on your watch. Yeah. Corbs taught me that too, you know, 
want to win today. Nope, sorry. You know, last year I thought we were going to go to Omaha. Nope, sorry. Pandemic coming your way. Yeah. Take this. It's not your time. Uh, stay patient, man. Stay with it. Stay believing. Hear the mm -hmm. bell. Keep punching, man. Keep your gloves up. Keep your gloves up. <laughs> Keep punching. Because it'll, it'll eventually, it's going to come your way, you know. And uh, I think that's good and or bad, you know. If you... If it's a bad, I think the bad's coming your way. If it's a of good, course. I think it's it'll come your way, you know. And uh, we're we're just creating a, a pretty cool thing around here. I think you've seen some of the slap the wall and all this stuff that we're doing uh, is creating some pretty good hype. And I started doing that, Andrew, because mm. I just kind of felt like we needed kind of like a a winning feeling, a something. We started doing like. Uh, elementary school like name down the side here and gold stars we would compete every day if you want if you were on the winning team you were getting a star um we started building this intra-competition which i think is part of any great organization it's the quality and the character of the people and the competition from within i think we're getting that um so then we really started learning how to compete then we started learning how to celebrate winning man celebrate winning we're investing like we are we're behaving like we are we're doing all this stuff but we don't want to lose sight of like um getting good or scrap and then when it's time ding ding ball point and play winning 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 so we wanted to glorify winning and so i created these stickers and you know we're peeling them off the end of the game and giving them to like the player of the game and everybody's getting juiced up and we're slapping the walls and uh it's it's kind of crazy but at the same time it just it's creating that like just that vibe you know and i think the yeah, kids are yeah. excited about being inside of it okay and to me that makes me um proud so every day that's all i'm trying to do for these guys i get up on the in the morning i'm trying to beat whatever peloton instructor shows up across the screen from me okay first yep, yep. then i'm trying to come in here and just say like what can i do today um as the fortunate position of the head baseball coach at Tulane to make the experience of my guys um, one of great memory, man. That's what I'm trying to do. I just, I just want to try to be an impactful uh, influence in their life off the field, on the field. I want when they look back at their experience here at Tulane going like, man, that was unbelievable. And I'm hoping too, and I think I can say this from a male perspective, but I'm hoping that when our guys leave here, they ball like babies, you know, mm -hmm. just that, like yeah. that, man, that was so cool. And we put so much into it and man, and now all of a sudden it's not going to be there on a daily basis for anymore. That should bring you to some kind of emotion. If mm -hmm. the experience is truly what I'm trying to provide and, and put on the table for these guys to take. So um, yeah, it's kind of what we're doing. And, and uh you know well, from, still work in progress every day yeah from what you're sharing man it's uh your program kind of emulates actually new orleans <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. new, orleans, new orleans can be the biggest party in the world new orleans can be uh, a culture generating place it's a mixing pot of so many different people from so many different places there's a Good there's point. a there's a grit to it there's a toughness to it. There's a celebratory spirit to it. You know what I mean? There's a music and just kind of just 
let's high vibe this thing all the way, uh, you know, to the promised land type of approach. So uh, I think it's interesting that you kind of um, emulate your own, your own city. Wow. That's, that's so well said, you know, all the things that we've done, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if I've ever directly correlated to what you just said, but geez, Louise, Andrew, that makes, that really does make so much sense. The spirit of this place, you know, the Mardi Gras themes, the, yeah. the costumes, the, the music, the culture, the festivals, the, the grit, the, yeah. yeah, it's very well said. Um, and maybe I was thinking of some of that stuff just from a, you know, unconscious level. Sure. Uh, but that was, uh, thank you for sharing that. That, that, that actually kind of brought a nice little tie to it. Absolutely. Well, um, you see you this know, Omaha picture behind me? Yeah, let's look point, how it I, up, look, point up your look, camera look, a little bit more. Look at the one I found. Notice how it's got like the purplish like yeah mardi gras yeah see that was <laughs> that was on purpose yeah yeah no, well that's what it's about you know finding the guys that um you know we talked before we started uh kind of finding the guys that obviously want to be major league baseball players and then finding guys that want to be part of you know the the program to get to to have a chance to win a national championship and, and position your guys that way. Um, now you guys were, you know, recruit players. You're unlike other organizations. You're not as early as some of, you know, some of the other colleges that are looking at 25s and 24s right now. Um, plus, <laughs> plus you guys aren't a program that, um, you know, brings in, you know, 60, you know, guys in the fall and then, has this weeding out process because of the ed education and 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 the uh, the approach that you you have um, in your recruiting uh, philosophy? I guess if you could share with maybe parents and players, um, how would you kind of boil down um, you know just your approach to kind of you know, each recruiting class is a little bit different, but um, how do you look at kind of building your recruiting class uh, year over year to not, not just from a, obviously I understand kind of the culture standpoint and the right type of uh, values that you're looking for. Um, yeah. But, you know, if you can share a little bit on, um, you know, we're looking typically for this, this, this many arms, you know, this type of middle infielder, premium catcher, you know, guy up the middle who can run it out in center. Um, I'm just curious if you can share a little bit on that. Yeah. Kind great questions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's really just kind of a visionary approach in terms of just like, you know, uh, we've got recruiting boards uh, all over the place, right? They got our field logos on them and magnets and we've got them based out into four year cycles. So uh, the blues on our current team would be seniors and that would be like the, the new group that would come in next year. So they all correlate and then we're able to kind of stack and then you just kind of look at it and you look, you know, year, two years out and you start thinking like, okay, I think this is a draft eligible player. I think that he has a chance to be a professional player at what level or round. I'm not sure today, but a year and two years out. And then you start trying to, um, you know, fill some of those holes through the recruiting process. So it's not so much, Andrew, like, okay, this year we're going to get 
forearms and forearms and forearms and forearms and this many shortstops and this many catchers. It's just more like, what is your roster crying for, you know? Um, and then just try to fill those needs, um, you know, and we're always going to, you know, I'm big on, I want four catchers on the roster. I, I do. I just think the position takes a lot of, you know, bending and, and up and down and foul tips and all that kind of stuff like that. So, um, and then you get the whole year when you're talking about all the bullpens and inner squads and, you know, you want to have two aside and this and that and the other. So we're always looking to have four catch. So keep our eye on that really good. Um, you do know that the brown circle in the middle of the field that's elevated 10 inches off the ground or supposed to be 10 inches. I don't know what a lot of programs heights are. But <laughs> 10 inches off the ground, right, that, that brown circle, it's, uh, it needs to be. It needs to be. And it can't just be one. It needs to be uh, a lot, you know, yeah. because, again, it's like catching. It takes, you know, there's a lot of strain on the arm, and you only got so many pitches, and you're creating bullpens and closers and midweek starters and weekend starters and right-handed and left-handed and all pitching this stuff like defense. that. Pitching and pitch. G-Wins championships. We talked about, you know, Omaha is a pitching and defense park. Um, no question. And I think that's part of, you know, a, a wise thing when you're talking about recruiting too, you know. And you, you mentioned that catching the ball up the middle. You're talking about the speed in the outfield. I think those things win in Omaha. You know, you can hit your best bolts and go like, geez, I hit that good. What the heck happened? And you're still out, you know. So, um, like, I remember when we were playing there, uh, like in 14, 15, it's like part of success was like uh, really pitch, catch a grounder, uh, opportunistic offensively. We stole some bags. I thought that helped us, you know, for sure. And then you know, we could cover some grass in the outfield. We used to have a, um, you know, we called it Angels in the outfield. You know that movie like Angels in the Outfield? Mm. Angels, Coach Jewett, Angels, we called it. Angels in the outfield or green ocean. So they, you know, so you got to be able to defend. So, yeah. and I, 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 I teach that way too. I know it's a little off tangent, but just like, you know, we don't even talk on our relays, bunts, eh. Cause I'm like, we're going to get to a super regional somewhere and there's going to be all these people yelling and screaming and this, that, and the other, and we're going to come into the dugout and somebody's going to cut a ball or not cut a ball. And then somebody say, I didn't hear you. I couldn't hear you. I couldn't hear you, yeah. but your eyes will always tell you, you know? And so we, we train a lot in like non-communicative things, loud music, um, because I want the guy to go, no, that, that throw is fading. I need to speed it up and I still have a chance to throw them out. So I'm going to do it or it's offline. I don't need somebody to tell me right to left to cut relay. I just do with what I see. My shortstop goes out. He doesn't need to be everybody's four, four, then three, three, then one, one. It's just like, no, just turn your head. Where are you going with it? Throw it where you go. And then the next guy can make his decision based on, what he sees. I don't need to. And so same thing in recruiting, you know, if you want yeah. to win that last game, you know, the facility of what you play in, it, it, it matters. Um, mm -hmm. So we try to do look at that a little bit. So pitching is kind of been our, uh, we've really hit, you know, uh, we have, but our pitching, uh, the improvement of the pitching and coach Latham doing a good job there has allowed us to, 
you know, start winning. You know, we've always yeah. hit, but it hasn't related to winning. So the pitching and the hitting combination and the defense obviously has, has helped us um, start to win. So we're just, you know, looking at what we need, you know, and then we go out and try to attack. If we feel like we're really young in a certain spot, you know, that's where the junior college thing is kind of hit. And sure. uh, we'll, sure. we'll try to go maybe get an experienced um, guy that way that's, that's done some stuff there. So, um, yeah, and, you know, here at Tulane, we can't uh, um, get too crazy with the numbers, right? Just It's like I don't really want to do that too much. So we just try to stay kind of in a, a fairly decent range in terms of, you know, 35-man rosters and all that stuff like that. So, um, and I just think this. Um, it's been good for me, right? Because being at Arizona State and then being at Vandy where it's like maybe a little bit more, um, I, I am old and wise enough to know that there's a lot of good players out there, even when everybody might be grabbing the 24 and 25 right now, where you're yeah. going like, geez, I don't even know who that is. Uh, I think players are developing just like our kids are developing and they get better later and, you know, who knows. Sure. Uh how it happens for them. And again, it's not always on their watch. You just, but you'll find the right fits. There's still plenty of good players out there. Not that we wouldn't take a young kid. Don't get me wrong. You know, we, sure, we sure. have some, we have some 23s committed actually uh, right now. So um, that's good. And uh, it's just kind of one day at a time, you know, yep, and, uh, absolutely. as long as we're doing it every day, you know, recruiting takes some kind of something every day, whether it's, it doesn't even need to be a commitment. It could be a, a scratch off. It, it can be, you know, a relationship build, a start of a relationship, a, a video watch, a talk to a coach, uh, whatever it is. We, you just got to do it every day that ends in why, you know. And I mm -hmm. think the more you can do that and building your relationships and getting trust in people and finding the right kind of people that will tell you about the right kind of kids, and that's just half the battle. Absolutely. Using that, using the network, uh, especially right now. Um, why don't you paint a little quick picture? Final question is um, with COVID-19 and, and adjusting to a different recruiting um, world. Um, and obviously January 1 is the new kind of date that they've said, and likely that's going to get pushed until March and, you know, just, but um, how are you guys kind of keeping an eye, you know, you're looking at video, you're looking at metrics, um, you're, you're tapping into your network. Give an idea maybe, um, if you don't mind, just final question sharing. Um, and let's say you're, you're bearing down on a 22 or 23 class. Um, how many players might you be looking for? If you're looking for, let's say, one catcher um, or one one pitcher in your 23, 22 class uh, that you're looking to add. Um, how many pitchers might you be evaluating to be part of that one, you know, position slot decision? I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just curious. I, I know that a hundred. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know if that's far off. Fifty. It could be yeah. just depending on the, the current time. I mean, we could start it. 50, 75 names and guys that we've got on the board that we like, and, you know, they stay on, they get off, they stay on, they get off. Uh, you know, they're on because they're good enough and their characters stay on. They're off because they're good enough, but their parents aren't good enough. 
Mm. Um, you know, yep. the coach said this or what, you know, that could get you off. So all these different combinations, but, you know, we don't really um, limit it. But, you know, I just think the more you can um, compare and contrast, it's like making a good choice of going to college, yeah. right? Don't you, you got to probably talk to at least two coaches, you know what I mean? Two hitting coaches or two infield coaches, you'd think probably more, but you catch my drift. It's just like for us to make a good decision about a kid that we want with all the components that we want, it's like a kid choosing to come to college. It just takes some cross analysis and video and watching and all this stuff like that, talking to guys like yourself and um, people that we trust and who are they as people and, you know, yada, yada, yada. are they young right now? And is it 82, 84? But mm, look at that slender, fast, athletic body that looks like it's going to be Mike Leak in four years, you know, or whatever. Yep. Like, you just go like, you know, you got to gotta have a little bit of a, you know, that yep. eye type of thing too. And you got to see potential and future this and that. And the other. I think that's big for us here at Tulane. You know, we, we have to be able to see that uh, the good and in, in some of these young kids and where, where we think they're probably headed. Um, so boy, we're, we're looking at a lot, you know, uh, yeah. we are. And, uh, I think that helps us when we do get the one that finally kind of there at the end, we feel pretty good about, you know, the, the scour that he's been put through that he would probably make a good fit for us. Well, every spot in a 35 man roster, you know, has got to be pulling a lot of weight um, and has got to be pulling in the same direction, you know, so especially at your program and the culture that you're building. So coach, I just want to say uh, it's been a pleasure, man, catching up. It's been great. Thank you. Getting the download on, uh, on how you're doing with your family, the program, everything. Um, wish you nothing but uh, kind of healthy times right here during the rest of the fall. Uh, for you and your staff and your and your players, um, but uh, great catching up, my man. Same to you, Andrew. I always uh, enjoy staying in touch with you. You know that, and I look forward to uh, continuing that for sure. So, I want to extend to you now. Okay, this is an open invitation. You ever <laughs> get to Nola? Okay. Yeah. I got you. I got okay. you. All right. All right. All right, I, buddy. Uh, you got it, man. That's, uh, that needs to happen. Last time I was in NOLA, I was down fishing in Venice, Louisiana for a bachelor party. One of my best friends, high school teammate, uh, baseball teammate. Um, yeah, we did it up. We had a good time. Yeah. We were rocking all. There were some fist pumping. We were, we were doing fist pumping down bourbon. <laughs> Throwing chips. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey. Winning. Find your way back here. I'd love to see you. And uh, if I'm ever out that way, which I will be, uh, I'd love to connect with you. So Absolutely. thanks for this opportunity. Okay. Anytime I can get a chance to talk about one, my family, two, Tulane University, our program, our coaches. Uh, yeah, I, I, I appreciate it. So have a great rest of your day. Okay. All good. Much love, my man. Take care, buddy. Thanks for being part of the Realities of College Recruiting podcast and our partner, Five Tool Baseball. You can easily subscribe on iTunes and check us out online at Sports Force Baseball for every past episode of our podcast. 
If you want to ask questions, share insights, and recommend future guests, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at SportsForceBB and Facebook under SportsForce Baseball. Be sure to join us on our next episode of the Realities of College Recruiting podcast. And remember, your college decision isn't a four-year one, it's a 40-year one.